to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You got to touch. You have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You got to be possessed with the dream. The dream. <laughs> think that Mike Tomlin is going to let the same thing happen twice in one season, I wouldn't be surprised Sorry. if they came out and beat the Chiefs. Grant, you are on literal crack. Russ put Rudy Gobert, which by the way is one of the more overrated players in the league, I will say number one, literally in a body bag. That's why they got Russ. Joe, they got him because they wanted to recreate the 2015 All-Star team. This team is destined for failure. Listen, they're old, but like... You know, I always say it's like a fist fight in a phone booth. Listen, I say it every time we talk about the Giants. If Nate Solder is not walking the streets, working a minimum wage job at McDonald's, literally getting big gulped on an hourly basis, there's something wrong with humanity. Are you are you surprised? Dave Gettleman's batting 100 in free agency. I fear no man. I've said this before, if you breathe oxygen, it's fair game, I will come and take you away, I don't fear nothing. Let me stop you. First off, how many hours of sleep did you get last night? I get my regularly scheduled four. So you're just wasting my time with these mindless takes? And if you disagree with that or anything we say on this show, Grant, what are we telling? There's always an open seat at the table. Ladies and gentlemen, phone booth on Com Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back in the studio for Phone Booth, Com Radio's only sports debate talk show. I'm here with the regular crew, Grant Sheets, Justin Spell with a C, Chevalella. I'm Joe Callahan Jr. With me, Joshua will be a little bit late as he usually is. Um, Jude actually is supposed to shadow the show, and he unfortunately has tested positive for COVID-19. Don't worry, we're okay. Uh, we'll get to the COVID-19 a uh, little bit of a topic as we roll out these. And uh, the promised new guest in Timothy Rogers decided that he just outright refuses to be on the show. So it's great. Love life. We'll talk about that later maybe when Josh comes back. But uh, how are you guys doing? Doing solid, getting ready for spring break here, but you know we got a we got a lot of topics to talk about, particularly the MLB. We'll get into that in a little, but uh, yeah, we've got some stuff to cover here. Yeah, spring break, you know, just a few hours away, and uh, but sports sports take priority for the next hour, and who knows how long because we always go over the time and yeah. lots to talk about. Are lots you guys of- leaving right from here. After this, I know. Yeah. No, I'm, first, I have off, another. I've got a bone to pick with the MLB, so we'll start. Yeah. With, well. 
once Josh gets here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, and then I'll be on my way. <laughs> no, I just got a lot of uh, a lot of takes. Only buses tomorrow evening, so I'm here through tomorrow, despite having no classes or nothing else. So mm. always fun. Straight fun. All right. Well, we're gonna get right into it, and we'll let Josh just you know pick up as we usually do. I know Grant's got a lot of things about the NFL that he just suddenly brought to the table here that I apparently was in an exam this morning and didn't really uh didn't really get to look at. Grant, what do you got for us? Well, Joe, you know I'm always looking at the NFL. So Malik Willis really been turning heads ahead of the combine here. He was seen with a homeless man on the side of the road after meeting with some NFL scouts and uh, front office members. So this just goes to say, you know, it goes to show that this is a guy that could end up being picked. I personally think easily in the top six to seven picks, not just because of the player that he is, but I think teams are going to be scared that somebody else might go and try to jump over him to get this guy. Because from what it seems, this is a character that could go and change your franchise. I don't know how you guys feel about Malik Willis, but I personally think if I had the opportunity to select him with maybe 6th, 7th, 8th overall, I'd go for it. Because this is a guy, sure, a little bit of a project player, as we've talked about, but from what I've seen so far, it's been nothing but positives for Malik Willis. Well, when I look at Malik Willis, uh, I don't think starting quarterback in the NFL right out of the draft, but obviously I'm not in the NFL. I'm not a talent evaluator for the NFL. I'm just sitting here in college looking at what I can see, and I I don't see him as a quarterback in the NFL right out of college. I see him as a two- to three-year project. However, I also see him as the best quarterback option in this draft, which means he will go in the first round. And I think, like Grant, you just said, I believe he'll be – I don't know if I'll go top six, seven. I'll definitely give him top 15. I just don't think quarterbacks are going to go too, too early in this draft. I think there's other positions that a lot of teams need. I feel like a lot of teams claim they have their quarterback, even though a lot of teams really don't have their quarterback, the New York Giants. I love Jones, but I think it's time to move on. But I'm not going to talk about the Giants. Um, Best QB of the draft? What? Best QB of the draft right Who now? do you have? I, I have him I as the pick best. It. No. Kenny Pickett. I one, think Pickett's one the only one that actually has a ceiling. One, well, on the news of Kenny Pickett, he just measured with eight and a half inch hands, which would be the smallest hands for a quarterback in the first round yeah, since Michael Vick in 99. <laughs> well, I just want to, before I get into Kenny Pickett and how hand size doesn't matter, because if you can throw a football, you can throw a football. Um, Joe Burrow has nine. Going with Willis, like, I think character speaks a lot with teams. You want a good publicity around your team, and you're not going to draft a guy solely off publicity. You're going to draft him or solely off a talent. You're going to draft a a quarterback who's more of a person than just a football player, who's a little bit of everything. And that's what Malik Willis has shown. He showed, showed to teams, I believe it was, he was in the Senior Bowl, right? Not the Shrine Bowl? Yeah, he was Senior Bowl. He was Senior Bowl. He showed there he had one of his best days in the rain, showing he can do, be a quarterback, any elements, whatever. And then he goes and does this with helping the homeless man. And you just you look at a guy like that, a high-character guy, and then you think of the quarterbacks, or not the quarterbacks, but some of the guys in the league, like, I don't know, Deshaun Watson. And who would you rather have on your team, a good high-character guy or someone who's bringing down, possibly bring down your publicity? And that would be... You know, I think Willis has a good future. I think he will be a good quarterback. I don't see it right out. But like Grant said, I do see him 
being drafted high in this draft. I don't see. I mean, we talked about this. Um, we talked about this last show, I believe, or two shows ago. Um, as we welcome back in Josh, um, he's getting his mic set up right now. But uh, we're talking Malik Willis. If uh, if you want to get set up and ready for it, I I, I can see because we, we we were talking. I felt like the the highest ceiling and realistically the only starter caliber. Uh, the only uh, starting caliber quarterback that I saw that had a high ceiling was Pickett. And we were talking about whether or not Corral was going to be, you know, an option for someone. I kind of felt that it was a hit or miss. A, a big, uh, not, I don't think that his ceiling was as high as Pickett's could be, but it's sort of like a level of it's close to him. Because realistically, I don't really see a lot of starter caliber quarterbacks coming out of the draft this year at all. So, I mean... Willis is right there with them. I don't think anyone's really a star out of them. But I don't know about all that. See, if we're talking on a ceiling based off of physical traits and what we've seen at a tool mindset on the college level, Malik Willis is far and above any other prospect in this draft class. He's got a rocket of an arm. He's got crazy mobility. And we're talking about Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is probably if I were to say one of the more limited prospects when it comes to physical abilities, he's a good he's runner. He's mobile. But he's, anytime I see a quarterback with two gloves, I get a little <laughs> scared. I get a little nervous. See, I'm not the only one. Thank well, you. It's, it's it, to help his hands look a little bigger. Sure, make him look a little bigger, yeah, I guess. But <laughs> I mean, he doesn't I mean, rip Peyton the ball Manning with that same acceler- acceleration that Malik Willis does. Whoa, whoa Willis, hold on. Wait, what, what did Pause one say? second. He say? was like, he's comparing. I know you're not trying to, but he was like, well, Peyton Manning compared. wore two gloves at one I'm point. Say, okay, he also had nerve damage and couldn't feel three Peyton of his Manning is also right in a completely different... And you're talking about one of the best QBs to play the I game. Peyton Manning had nerve damage he from also neck played injuries. in a much tougher division than the ACC. No offense to, like, Pittsburgh in their season. They had a fantastic season. But they also lost to Western Kentucky in week two or three, and Pickett was still the quarterback. The ACC was a disastrous division this year. If, yeah, if, I mean, if Clemson figure out their quarterback situation, they run away with it. Pickett, like he's fine. I like I think he's probably the most well-rounded one that we, that's coming out of college. But I also still feel like he has one of the lowest ceilings. I, I don't like, want to use this has, as an opportunity to drag down Pickett. I'm not. No, I'm not yeah. trying to. No, at no, all. no, no. I know. I I'm think not that either. He has a high floor and a relatively a relatively average I, ceiling. I, I don't think, think he has a low ceiling. I think he. I think if you're looking, I don't know. At, I don't think he has a low ceiling. He has. I mean, he's a decent low, ceiling. I just. He's a low. Like, no, he's a high floor, low ceiling kind of guy. You know what you're going to get out of him. But the thing is, he's also kind of got that edge to him where he could come in. He, he brings a he little bit of that games. winner mindset to him. But the thing is, I don't want to use this as an opportunity to drag down guys like Kenny Pickett, guys like Matt Corral, who I do like. I just think that Malik Willis is starting to separate himself from the bunch. Especially lately because Matt Corral still can't participate at the combine. Yeah. He's taking himself out because of that he's definitely injury. But, he's Willis has definitely put himself above I think, Corral. I think... Yeah, because well, Corral's got a whole lot of issues yeah. now, or not issues, but uncertainty with the ankle injury, which mm-hmm. is a whole other argument about should players opt out of bowls or not. But we don't have time to get into that. I mean, Kenny Pickett. I mean, honestly, he might go to Denver, which would be interesting. I mean, I'm not trying to. I don't want to drive down Kenny Pickett because he had a remarkable season. But it's one of he those did. things where, and I mean, granted, if you're going to look at a weaker conference, you can also look at Liberty and Malik Willis and the fact that that's not really the greatest conference mm-hmm. either. You but also got to look at the weapons that he was playing. You also exactly. He, he did have some good weapons this year in comparison to who he was working with in the rest of the conference. But what he did against the competition and with the guys that he was surrounded with, 
he was at all times the best player on the field. Listen, and it I want to draw this to something, and I'm not comparing the two because I feel like they're much different players. But the argument of they're at a low-level competition team with low-level um, weapons doesn't really work for me because that's what everyone was saying about DJ coming out. Because he was a good, solid quarterback DJ that had no Daniel weapons. Jones? Yes, okay. that had no weapons on a bad team in a bad division, and he still "quote unquote" shined. And right now, he hasn't proven really much anything to me. So, no, he hasn't. But he wasn't a very good prospect in the first place. Well, yeah. if, you, if you look at it, his... that draft was also horrible. And yeah, it was. Like the only, like the only guy in recent memory that actually comes out of a lesser college and has shined is Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Out of Wyoming, but it also took him a year because his first year was atrocious. Second year was much better, and so I mean, this is not a very deep quarterback draft, so I don't I don't know if you're going to find your quarterback the future unless I mean again Malik Willis, guys like Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett could obviously prove me wrong. I mean, I think that Malik Willis is probably as of now the best option. For yes. a team, especially if you're trying to go for the mobile, it's the a quarterback RPO. hungry league, and the league is changing. If you right. want a guy that can come in and all of a sudden make your offense ten times more dynamic than what it has been in the past ten years, Pittsburgh Steelers, hello, yeah, that's I mean, I and think that's it the depends thing. Because Pittsburgh, well, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has come out and said that they like Malik Willis, but the and they want a mobile quarterback. They want a mobile quarterback, I, I and think, they like Malik Willis, but they're gonna have to trade. They're gonna have to trade a lot, and they I don't think have the it has to, to depend on what scheme you run. And Completely. what team that you have? Because if you're a more, if you have so, like at least one solid weapon, sort of like I mean, I know they're they're gonna stick with Fields, but a team sort of like the Bears, who have Allen Robinson there, whether or not if he's gonna stay, whether or not he's going to do anything with with the Bears, as people have been forgetting who Allen uh, Robinson even is, because um, they're like, oh, once you get. Justin Fields' weapons, he's going to shine. Uh, hello, he has. I think they're all assuming that Allen Robinson's going to leave, which yeah, is probably going to be the case. But if See, you have if you have a team sort of like that, I kind of bring it to a sort of different thing, like San Francisco, sort of like a really a, like a decent O line, solid weapons. A quarterback friendly. Then I feel scheme. like you go pick it. Right. But if you have a team that doesn't really have a lot, and you're building around, you're you're kind of just drafting a QB to try to make your, as Grant said, your offense more dynamic. Then I feel that. You do go Malik. Well, see, that's not the year to do that. If right. if this was the year to do that, then we would see. Ah, man, it, it's hard to tell. But the thing is, the reason why we're seeing all these projections, there's not a lot of quarterbacks going in the top eight, because all these terrible teams have so many other needs. And, yeah, quarter, and these the quarterback not, position, this, is not... this isn't a guy. There's not a lot of quarterbacks, if any, in this class that could come in and I believe make a major contribution as a day-one starter. So that's why we're not hearing things about quarterbacks going in the top well, 10 this year. But the thing is, if like you said, Joe, if you already have an established team like the Steelers do, going and getting a guy like Willis would automatically plug right into your system. But making things even harder on so his progression by I, putting him on a team like maybe the Falcons if they were to get rid of Calvin Ridley, that would make things a lot harder on him on a young prospect that's already coming from a school that's not playing as great a competition. That's a huge transition. So you're pretty much setting up a guy up like Willis for failure. I have to I have to disagree with you, Joe, about Kenny Pickett over Malik Willis just because Pittsburgh really wants a mobile quarterback. Not saying that Kenny uh, Pickett if they isn't. Want, if they want a mobile quarterback, but Malik, then I guess. But I mean, be if the you first have, team drafting a quarterback this year, though. They might trade. They, they, they might trade, trade up. They could have they trade up. But again, they don't have a whole lot to give up to trade. I mean, unless true. you're getting rid of the rest of your draft capital, which you don't have 
It's not a lot of stellar stuff. I mean, unless you want to give a team. I mean, no one in the top ten is going to take the washed-up soul of Cameron Hayward. But, I mean, Malik Willis, if you have Malik Willis and Najee Harris in that backfield and you're running an RPO, which we haven't seen Mike Tomlin ever run an RPO. He's had Well, he's never had a QB that can do he's it. He's never had an RPO. Well, exactly. So it'll be interesting, but he's a top five. He's a, to- he's a top five. The co- best mobile quarterback ever. <laughs> Daniel Jones. I mean, he's a top five coach in the league. I think we can all agree Mike Tomlin at least regular he's top season. Three. Yes. Top top three regular season, top yes. ten mm-hmm. postseason because he's kind of postseason gets on. postseason gets a little iffy, but they also kept running into Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Grant does have a good he's point. Not that the, good. Okay, okay. First, he's not the day for that's this. A keep for going. Okay. That's a day. That's a debate for another day. We keep pushing that off. <laughs> we need one week that nothing happens. We need that's to have what I Chevy said to Grant week. last night. Yeah, just no, Chevy week where he just says hear all. Hear me out. We're gonna have Chevy week one of these weeks. He's gonna come in with a list. I want at least three to five takes. And we're going to come in, and we're either going to shoot him down or going to be like, wow, this guy's yeah, a genius. I'm thinking so, of retooling my mic over the break. We might have a phone booth specialty only on Spotify just to see what what Justin can bring out for us. I'm well, because it also will require a lot of profanities from, I'm assuming my end. We got a dumb button right here. Yeah, well, but I don't we're think live we on the test air. It. I, yeah. I don't think we should either. But <laughs> no, we're definitely we not going to test it. Point being, the, the main issue with Pittsburgh right now isn't necessarily quarterback. And so I... Personally, as a Steelers fan, I don't even think if you're a Steelers fan, if you're looking at this team, that you, you take can't Gaskins? really. No. I think you go Mariota. I think if you can get Mariota in the offseason, you go for him. But you have got to find a way to retool that offensive yeah. line. I think Trubisky I'm holding myself goes... back to make my weekly pitch for Mitchell Trubisky. I think Trubisky's going to the Giants. To be really honest, I with think you. he's I going to Indianapolis. Trubisky, you think he's taking the starting role in Indianapolis? I, mean, I think yeah, he's taking Mar- the starting role in Indianapolis. But if Pittsburgh wants mobile quarterback, Mariota is the guy to go. I mean, Malik Willis. That's a good. There's no way he's available at twenty. Absolutely zero way Mr. that Biscuits Malik Willis is available at 20. in Indianapolis. Absolutely no way Malik Willis is available at 20, and so Pittsburgh would have to trade yeah. up, but they really need offensive linemen. All right, Justin, get your get get one sentence in. We You haven't yeah, really well, talked about well, this a, in a while. The first thing I did want to say, we were debating Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis. You just look, Malik Willis has been doing this. He's been, I don't know how, how many years did he start for Liberty. I believe uh, two. A few. I think two. Uh, uh, two, two years at starting, sure. and we heard about him going into last year's draft. I don't remember hearing about Kenny Pickett going into last year's draft. I do. You do? Yeah. All right. It so was obviously bit, he didn't have the breakout It wasn't like season. getting yeah. drafted, but I remember seeing so I just, that he was going to be a, a star for next year. I feel like this is Malik Willis, and this is what Malik Willis is going to do. What we've seen from him the last two years, that's a pretty – I mean, not a great sample size, but a good enough sample size to say – Two years of consistent football. Kenny Pickett had a breakout season. We don't know if that breakout season is who he is or if he was helped by Pittsburgh changing th- uh, Pitt changing things. This is also in the worst because, Power 5 conference, mind you. Yes, and actually, I was going to I was going to make an argument with comparison that kind of that kind of shuts down my argument. <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say, "Hmm, star quarterback just pops out." I I know it's more popped Pop out Joe. way more than Kenny Pickett did. Yeah. But oh, a uh, retooled offense popped out one year might Joe. have been helped by weapons. Yeah, okay. Now I, I mean, I get it. But what like, I'm, even I mean, I went into that draft uncertain. I'm assuming you're trying to talk about Joe Burrow. Yes. I went in there a little uncertain about him. Sure, my uncertainty was completely taken away based off how Burroughs played. Yeah. So Kenny Pickett, I think, you know, we're talking about highest ceiling. Kenny Pickett might have the highest ceiling. Oh, whoa, whoa. No, but no. Malik Willis. 
No. As of now, I think is the better option in these high two. Highest ceiling is Kenny Pickett. Oh, wait, hold on. I said Kenny Pickett had the higher season, a uh, higher ceiling ten minutes ago. You yeah, mean, I know. And I, but you and didn't I, say I, highest. Well, no, okay, you, I didn't. I unfortunately didn't have the. I don't think it's Jim. Joe, Joe, Joe think it's this is true. This Joe, is true. yours was inconclusive. Chevy just came in here and dropped the mic on us here. <laughs> Highest I mean, ceiling. Like Where are we getting ceiling, this highest ceiling nonsense far. from? But okay, but you. I, I, Malik I would, Willis. Malik Willis is is a much more versatile guy, Malik, and the thing is, it, you can't even like compare the two conferences as which one is worse because they're both equally terrible this year. And the thing is, yes, Joe Burrow had a breakout season at LSU, but it's in the SEC, which is a remarkable conference. He beat Alabama. Well, that just helps my point more about Kenny Pickett. Like the original point, I think is that Kenny, Kenny Pickett, Pickett is, is okay. But it, my original point about the college and how Kenny Pickett had that one breakout year and how we don't know what we're getting with him, which is what gives him the highest ceiling is we don't know where he's at in his progression. You should just be an Mal- NFL show at this point. Malik Willis, we Malik Willis, we've seen two years of. We know where he's at. Kenny Pickett, one year of at a breakout. Liberty, though, if you put him on a team with a good quarterback coach. Pittsburgh is great at quarterback coach. You I put him do with, that with anyone. You put him with anyone exactly. Like it's you're still gonna develop. There's been there are very few quarterbacks that come immediately into the, the league. Quarterback coach argument. <laughs> if uh, I if I give Nate Peterman a good QB coach, he's going to win the Super Bowl. That is what? such a lie. Like that is no. That's all right. Exactly. All right. You just made you're comparing Malik Willis maybe, to Nathan Peterman. Maybe it's time to move off. Maybe this argument. With a good quarterback coach that he does well. This you can do that. No, because he was saying that he tapped out of his potential, which is not true. I didn't say tapped out. I don't think out. he tapped out of his potential you didn't say at up, all. But you said that we know where he is. No, There are very few quarterbacks that come into the come out of the draft and immediately make an impact. Oh, Andrew Luck is maybe Sorry one for of your ears. recent memories. Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, uh, Joe Burrow before he got hurt. Uh, Mac Jones. Mac, <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, there's been a decent amount recently, but this is not. That's not the expectation. That's not the expectation, and that's We've just and been also, spoiled recently. I mean, and last year you had arguably the most, the highest rated quarterback since probably Andrew Luck come out of Clemson mm-hmm. and play terrible. So ever I mean, so these teams know. I mean, who, wh- how much was that? Was him? It's not. How it's much not just on that. But, but this that's the thing. These teams like teams like Jacksonville and teams that have the first overall pick normally go quarterback if there's a good yeah. quarterback available because they assume that he's the end-all, save-all of your franchise, which clearly isn't the case. Granted, Jacksonville is an entire different situation right. than other teams right. because they are atrocious. Just just because, we have number one, we have a lot to get to this show, and number two, we're going to be talking about this until the draft happens, and the combine is happening, I think, right now. I can't, I can't It's the fourth, or is uh, it right now? Well, like the interviews and stuff are going Jesus on right now, Christ. measurements. Got you. So it's starting right now. Yeah. We're going to move on to the different thing because I wanted to transition from Joe Burrow having a nine-inch hand making the Super Bowl last year. I wish we had more time with Malik Willis, man. He's a, he, if he ran the 40, he would have ran like a 4-3-5, and you're telling me he doesn't have the highest ceiling? Yes. Correct. Because I think Kenny Pickett's way more oh, consistent. Dude. Consistent. We just talked about how whoa, Kenny Pickett whoa, that, that, had one I, I breakout season, and Malik Wilson has been consistently I'm a star. His style of That's play. Joe. That's not me. Consistency doesn't win championships in the NFL. It doesn't. It well, doesn't it does win. because Tom, Tom Brady won is consistently Unless you're Tom average. Brady. Unless you're Tom. Oh, dude. All right, listen, next, listen, Joe. Listen, next. Listen, listen. Next. We're going yes, to transition. Grant, did you want to go into the hand size? Thing I, think it's, I think we all agree it's unanimous that hand size doesn't matter, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Correct. size does not. Guys, size does not matter. 
Listen, right? listen, it's on the air listen. Now. It's been live. I have this. I'll press the dump button. That's not even a dump button. I I'm know. talking about a hand size. Get your mind out of the gutter, Joe. All right, we're gonna move over to the uh, second thing, which I actually didn't hear about. Uh, the COVID nineteen. Greg, can you uh, give us the scoop on that? Well, short and sweet, the NFL is dropping all COVID nineteen protocols for I this just, next season. Is we'll see how long it lasts. Yeah. Too. We'll see how long it lasts, just because we know Roger Goodell well, likes to pull tricks out of his sleeve. Yes, Joe. All so we'll see. All protocols. But did that come out? Protocol like an hour ago. Wiped. Okay. What Wiped. I was in an exam. Hmm? I, yeah, it's all it's all done. NFL COVID protocols are gone. About time. Mm. Two years and football is back to normal. I guess we'll see. In the stadiums too, like for fans. Well, that it's, goes by city. Not goes by player city. protocols, I know. Because I know, yeah, I know the whole New York thing. NFL player well, protocols, like the random testing, all that stuff gone. So mm. you're not going to get screwed over in your fantasy lineup the day before a game because well, Lamar Jackson tests positive for COVID. Well, this is as of, Wait, the test this is as of March. Yes, this we don't is, know uh, where yes, we'll yes, be in All September. COVID protocols are dropped. But, so yeah. really, yeah. this is nearly irrelevant. Okay, it's a good first step. Yes. But like I said, you never know what the league is going to pull out of their sleeve. And say, hey, we're going to be reinstating. It, it could be just like that. Snap of a finger. Hey, we're going to be reinstating our random test policy. For now, it's cool. We'll see what happens come August, come September. Yeah. And now, Joe, I just want to go what you said about New York and their rules and everything. They're starting to relax them, and it looks like Kyrie Irving soon, not yet, because the first uh, set of rules that got taken away tells him he can go sit on the bench. But he, but he can't, can't play. play. No, it's because of the Nets. I heard that it was oh, because the of the Nets. Well, no, it's the so, private sector rule yeah. of so, New York's COVID policies. You know what? What I was, what I got from it, and what I've been hearing He's is close. that the That's mayor has told them that they're lifting their policy on vaccines, making it po- technically possible for Kyrie to play. However, the private sector of the Nets organization has already made up their mind about player personnel having to get vaccinated so he can technically be a fan now but like because before he couldn't step foot in the stadium yes now he could step foot in the stadium he just can't step on the court we're making progress true Look, he'll, he'll, <laughs> true and when it comes yeah. down to it making if progress. it's if this is coming from nets you know up front their front office if the nets are near the playoffs they're gonna get rid of that rule and they're gonna let yeah. Kyrie Irving right. play because right. we're, we're gonna get to the NBA later. We have we have more NFL news to get to actual player personnel news. Um, I know Grant said this is a whole lot of Grant because Grant just had a number one news points. You gave me a good two. idea. Maybe an NFL show might be coming to comrade. A pure NFL show. I know we already have Gridiron Girls. I'm sure we have yeah, a couple. We got a of lot. Them. Yeah, we do. But uh, I'm just NFL is always on my mind. Yeah, so. I'm just saying because we 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 he had a uh, strong opinion about one of these things. But we have three <laughs> players of my mind. <laughs> well, I'll them, let you introduce. Yeah, two of them has been confirmed. Two of them are definitely confirmed. One's obvious. The other one's kind of obvious. And the third one may or may not be true. I've heard insiders say this because of how the team is treating them. Number one, th- there's three players who are mad at their team, basically. Number one is Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of We've already mad. talked except, about him a lot. Except, just real quick, because we're on the story of news, apparently he's talking with them and he could did, be yeah. working yeah, something Yeah, I did out. hear that. They're, 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 like, they're talking to him and make a two-year deal yes. that will make him the highest So it's paid completely basically flipped from lo- last offseason. Let's not get into Rodgers. We talk about yeah. him all the time. Number two was Mr. Social Media Crybaby, Kyler Murray, who sent a pretty little letter 
to his owner about his discomfort. Well, his agent sent the letter, but let's not get technical. He should go to. They 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 conf- they, they console. He should him. go back to the great 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 sport of baseball, but that's later too. But yeah. I'm just saying, maybe it's time for Kyler Murray. Yeah, Ky- he can pull the Russell Murray, Wilson, but Kyler the reverse, Murray is the not happy path. with the Cardinals actively shot uh, talking to other teams about QBs, whatever they're doing. Oh no, the Cardinals are looking to improve their team. Oh, oh man, no. Damn. Man, they have like, a college I like Car- coach the who issue didn't is win in college. Now is their head coach with no head who coaching just, experience. Who just got wow. an extension, by the way, too. Just, did wow. Cl- Clings- Did he really? Yeah, yeah he, so. he won't be there through twenty twenty seven. There's, yeah, no, there's, there's no, there's no. So that's that my yesterday. That's the only reason that they're good is because they fleeced an organization where Bear O'Brien was trying to put them six feet under. But DeAndre Hopkins hasn't played. DeAndre Hopkins didn't do much. I know, but that's the only reason why they're relevant. If it's just Kyler Murray and freaking Chase Edmonds, that's not happening. Kyler Murray was the main Kyler Murray was the main MVP candidate up until week seven. What do you mean it's You're saying that he's gonna be an MVP candidate if he doesn't have D Hop? D Hop did absolutely nothing this year. I'm sorry. He was uh, he was injured for I half mean, the it's year. Still DeAndre Hopkins. I know, but you're acting like he's you're acting like he's, the point. He you're acting the like he's still defender. a top three receiver in the league and he's not. He's not top three anymore. He's not. He's like top five, maybe top top five. That's the point. What's your yeah. th- I know, I know. Cup and Adams are there. Who's your third? Cup and Adams. I just, I I'll don't. Put Tyreek above. I put Tyreek out there just because of the ridiculous speed he has. Maybe now. I put, I put D Hop no lower than four. Yeah, I mean, like he's outside. It's only because of injuries, and he's getting kind of up there in age. Yeah, that's about I it. Chase I mean, already, Jamar, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase will be top three AJ, in like four I mean, years um, tops. I still have Julio. Or you can there, get so. him there in two. Probably, but the, the issue is, I like Kyler Murray's play style. I think he's a fine quarterback. Sure I think I. the main issue <laughs> is Cliff Kingsbury isn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you not? Are you not a Kyler Murray oh, fan? Oh, Kyler Murray. Oh boy. This is Point why is, I th- this I, is why this was the great. I think show if you right get now. rid of Kingsbury as soon as possible, and then Kyler Murray still keeps playing like he did for the second half of the season, because King Cliff Kingsbury is not a second half coach as he. I don't think I he's mean, a first half coach. He's not. He's a, is a first half no, coach. He led him a seven zero. He's not a second half coach. He's not. An he's NFL not a second half coach, coach he, at all. He doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have a second half quarterback either. Oh, that's a. And hmm. Kyler Murray, see, we won't have to worry about. Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury relationship by 2027. Is this going to be another size? I'm not waiting until 2027. Not only will Cliff not be there, Kyler Murray will not be there. And not only will Kyler Murray not be an Arizona Cardinal, Kyler Murray will not be in the NFL. In by 2027? In five years, Kyler Murray will not be in the NFL. I think I can get on that one. Really? I don't think that's far-fetched at all. We'll take, let's take a look at this letter. Let me get on my reading though. glasses. <clears throat> uh, Nestor, I never read the letter. Uh, skip down a little bit. Um, so Kyler's main um, things that he wants to do in Arizona, he wants to be your long-term quarterback, and he desperately wants to win the Super Bowl. Does this give you the, the excuse on a playoff game to sit on the bench after throwing a pair of interceptions and getting destroyed by Aaron Donald. He Refusing didn't go to, to move in the pocket at all that He game. doesn't consult his teammates. Oh, no, but that's what he's supposed to do, isn't he? He's supposed to be the next dual threat of this generation. He's supposed to evade him. That's what he's supposed to do. I know that he didn't have a whole lot of time, and there's not a lot that you can do when you've got Aaron Donald running full speed at you. Mm-hmm. But he's supposed to make these plays. He's supposed to be a playmaker. This is a guy that's supposed to be a the top talent of this generation. But he gets excused when he sits on the sideline and doesn't try to go fire up his teammates when they're down big in a playoff mm-hmm. game. It's win or go home. All right, so a little down further in the list. Wow, quote, hold on. Wow, quote, unquote, a, de- uh, a player on an NFL roster 
who's getting paid to play football desperately wants to win a Super Bowl. Where have I heard that before? Uh, I don't know. Literally every player that's ever played for the league ever. I'm not. I'm not discrediting right. the fact that he's been a massive pissant for the last like three months. I'm not dis- discrediting that at all because he has, <laughs> and he's completely lost. Honestly, he's lost a lot of my respect because I mean he's really acting like a child, a complete child. Which he's granted, acting like a. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Mics. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. No. <laughs> I mean, he's acting like a child. Granted, he's about as tall as one, so it kind of adds up. Hey, but man. like, oh, another Stop size about argument. Height here. Great. Yeah, but Grant, unlike topic. Kyler Murray, you keep soft your composure. Topic. <laughs> soft topic. <laughs> like he's Jesus. lost a lot of respect. I think not just with like me, but with a, a, a lot of people. Like I mean, oh, this letter and the fact that he went on social oh, media and zero, had this whole he drama. He had a little bit of my respect just because he. Looked like he was fully tailed to go to the NFL after that he got and uh, well after he got drafted and there was a conversation of whether or not he was going to go to the NFL at MLB and then having that so much success with a coach that I don't think has at all anything to I'm amazed me I don't like Cliff Kingsbury he lost absolutely every respect that I ever had for him when he sends a letter like your mom. When you have a bad grade or, like, your teacher's, like, like disgruntled at you, so your mom sends the school the letter, like, hey, I'll get the PTO ready for you. Like, Hey, sorry that little Johnny bit his teacher yesterday. He got a bad grade on a test. Like, no, yeah. it, his actions <laughs> are not excusable. Is, yeah. So it's just the whole thing is ironic. We go to number two on the list where it says he desperately wants to win the Super Bowl. He didn't look like he desperately wanted to win the Super Bowl when he was moping around on the bench after throwing an interception. Then we go down a little bit. Tony Actions Romo. speak much louder than words in this volatile business. Yeah, it, it speaks pretty loud when you're the captain of the team and you're sitting on the bench after you throw an interception in a playoff game and you're not doing anything to Tony, fire up your teammates. Tony Romo was like, hey, if I'm on the sideline and I'm Kyler Murray, I'm going to everyone on the sideline saying, hey, this is possible. And it cuts to him just sitting on the bench with his head down. Yeah, it, I mean, this is this is Kyler Murray. This is your quarterback. Yeah. Joe Burrow got sacked, what, nine times against the Tennessee Titans yep. and each time got up, went to his team, and they won the game. He got Kyler sacks. Murray sat on the bench after a rough game, he, like during the rough game. He got sacked 70 get, times, seven times yeah. in the Super Bowl, and he was still introducing himself to the defenders of the Rams. Yeah, at the, <laughs> he got hit so much. It's like, hey, I'm Joe. He lost the game before. He, oh, oh, Ky- well, I get, okay, I get Kyler, Kyler Murray, yeah, Kyler yeah. Murray through, like the game was over. But it doesn't matter. You, as a starting quarterback, as a captain, you are there with your teammates every step of the way, whether you are – playing whether you are injured no matter what it is you are there for your team that's what a captain's supposed to do Mm -hmm. and the fact that he was dressed not hurt active started the game and then goes and sits on the bench and doesn't even like almost like he doesn't want to see his teammates he put himself in timeout disgusting yeah it's horrible it's disgusting that is not what a leader does in this league there's another just because again we're we're off time i want to get to more sports we're we're a multi-sport show I um, just want to point out are? that once I joined, this show really started to talk multiple sports. 
Oh, really? Oh, oh is that, wasn't, that wasn't me. Is correlation causation wow. here? Or? Maybe. Chevy, I love the fact that you're taking all the That he still wants to talk about NFL and Tom Brady. And Josh, and every, Josh, because the NHL yeah. was with Thank Josh. You. See, because you were an expert since 1980. <laughs> yes, but I saw lots of Miracle on Ice. So before we jump ahead, I I didn't really get an answer here. Do we do we all agree that Kyler Murray is going to be out of the league in five years? I, I don't think that he's going to be out of the league. I was expecting this reaction. I be out of the league. He still has plenty of talent. He has no he has no I can I can buy he has the no character that he has like, talent he has no character I wouldn't be surprised if he's I out. wouldn't put money on it yeah but I I believe it has you a better like, chance what happened to Cam Newton after he lost the Super Bowl and we saw his character kind of take I mean mm-hmm. I feel like his confidence almost took a hit after his confidence took game. a hit his his he always had an are we gonna see the same Kyler just, Murray next but he year? also to to be to be fair the Panthers O-line has always been atrocious and he yeah. did kind of like throw his shoulder after that, but he also did not play well yeah. in Super Bowl. We Fair just talked well. about Malik Willis. Why we got on him was you talking about his character. Mm-hmm. Him and guy. Kyler Murray are on two completely yep. different ends of the character. And they're they're both right similar now. like that. Both have similar play styles to an extent. Just yeah. Malik Willis has it's just actual one, six, character. One and one's five, That's why Aaron Rodgers can't win a playoff game. True. I don't. I don't point. think he's. I don't think he's a natural leader. Yep. All right, here we go. Another one that I think is a natural leader, but at a position of not really needed in this uh, this league. There was talks going around, and this isn't just because I'm a fan of them. Just if you want to throw, he's it a out. generational talent. Yes, you generational talk talent that should not be traded. Shout out John Bachman at home. You're stupid. Anyway, um, here we go. Saquon Barkley has been thrown around in trade talks since the end or realistically the middle of last season when the regime was looking like it was going to get blown up. It did get blown up. Everyone from Buffalo came in. Buffalo doesn't have a running game because they don't need it. Um, well, they need it, but not. they have Moss. which who's They have Moss Josh Allen, whereas you have, have Daniel yeah. Jones. No, that's the point. Here, here's Here's the thing. Saquon Barkley has been thrown out in trade talks. Apparently, they're asking for a first-rounder in the background. Uh, owners are saying that have been in talks with them are saying that they don't look like they really realistically want to trade him, but he's still being in talks. Saquon Barkley is apparently a little bit frustrated, not as disgruntled as some insiders are saying. He's apparently disgruntled and frustrated with the organization because they keep telling him that he is going to be part of their rebuild and part of their future, but uh, are still in talks with trading him. So... First off, I want to know, should they trade him? And I want to know, will it happen? Well, this well, sounds exactly like a uh, pretty similar <laughs> New York story that we heard from a New York star. Uh, James Harden was a little disgruntled. Insiders were saying, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do not, do not, do not call James Harden a New York star. That guy may He was a, a star st- in New York. Yeah, but he, he wasn't a New York Brooklyn. star. All right, fair Those enough. Two very star in Brooklyn. Sorry, Chevy. My apologies. <laughs> well, I also called Nick to talk first, and then you took it from me. Oh, but okay. you can continue all right. to go. Okay, all right. I don't all want right. to interrupt. No, 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 I mean, no. You again. know, Chevy, no. You know what? You know, you came on here maybe maybe a couple of, I'll, I'll let the newer. No, no, the no, newer no, no. You're in the middle of a point. Go. <laughs> you are in the middle right. of a point. All right, all right. We're all right. wasting 10 minutes arguing about <laughs> it. You've, you've knocked me off my train of thought here. All right. You're talking about James Harden being a star Listen, in New York. Okay, okay. Listen, we heard, another argument. We're getting to NBA later. Go on, Saquon. I feel like we just heard this recently, though, with Harden, where it was just a little, he was kind of disinterested in playing in New York, and then all of a sudden it blew up. If these talks continue to go around with New York, you know, wanting to ship away Saquon, why wouldn't he want to leave? If you, if you know that the team is possibly interested in getting rid of you, 
I'd want to get I want to leave. I'd want to be gone. But the thing is, the Giants, I feel like it's every year that they just contradict their entire path that they go on. You talk about wanting to surround a team around Daniel Jones and give him talent and give him just one more chance. No, 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 just one more chance. No, one more chance. And just get all these factors around him healthy and playing. And then you're talking about trading Saquon, who's potentially the most important piece on the team when healthy. What direction are they moving? That's the in? big. That's the big thing. Where, where are healthy. they going? Dude, I, I, as soon as they hired, so freak accidents, man. They hired these two yeah. Bills guys. Both are fighting. Both of his ACLs or both of his knee injuries were fighting for extra yards with a man on his back on the sideline, and then a freak accident where he went skipping after an incomplete pass. I mean, and yeah, a, he a needs, Cowboys li- a foot just like decided to slide under. His. He needs an offensive line. I d- they should not trade him. I don't even know why they're considering exactly. It. Thank and you. I mean, and it, yeah, I would also be a little miffed if I was. So you know, I, I don't blame him. Saquon Barkley. I think it's mostly the fact that like, I mean, yeah. I don't think he's completely completely pissed off and I think the main reason is that I mean if you're Saquon Barkley you can probably see like maybe some teams have a little bit of some doubt because you haven't really been able to stay healthy for a full mm-hmm. season in a, in a very long in I don't even know if he's been healthy for a full season in his career and so that's the main thing is that he hasn't been healthy but I mean when healthy he's arguably a top three running back in the league mm-hmm. no question probably one of the most gifted athletes in the league. I mean, he is we just haven't seen that in a while. We just haven't seen it because he's been he's been so hurt. Healthy, I put him at three. Two ACLs, wild. Two ACL injuries, and he almost broke his ankle this year. I know he wasn't playing fully healthy when he came back this year, but he did not look anything like a top three running back. Well, yeah, but playing. you also have to, you, you also have to notice. You give him a full off season to recover, which he has. And now. sure, if the, and the Giants have two top ten picks that I'm assuming they're going to use on off on O line. If they, I mean, I'm a bridge proponent. If they're going to use Thibodeau, if he's on the board, fine. One of them is his least being a tackle. Well, Joe Shane came out yesterday and said, or two days ago when he had his in, uh, press conference at the combine, he goes, "You can get talented offensive linemen anywhere in the draft." That is what hurt the Giants the last few years. They have Andrew Thomas. We drafted him. Our first pick two years he's ago. He's the only consistent O-line. And he's our only him. consistent O-line. We drafted Will Hernandez in the second round. Didn't work out. He worked out we for drafted- the first three years, and then he eh. immediately declined. I'd give him two years. Not, immediately not declined, three. though. But the thing is, the Giants need offensive and Lemieux. line. Lemieux was another one. Yeah, and well, he got injured. He tore his ACL, True. I believe. So he's still not. But that's what hurt the Giants. You shouldn't be. One of these first-round picks has to be an offensive lineman. Or else Saquon is going to want to go. And I don't blame Saquon for wanting to go. I think even if the Giants weren't rumored to trade him, I'd still want to go if I was Saquon. Mm -hmm. I came into the NFL as a generational talent. He left Penn State as one of the best running backs to ever play college football. And then goes into the NFL and can't get anything going. Well, not anything because he had his rookie year where he played very well. Mm -hmm. But the Giants, even in the games he played – healthy he couldn't get anything going because of the offensive line of the Giants mm-hmm. they failed to fix it and then he still can't get anything going gets hurt again I know one you know freak accident it happens but still if I'm Saquon I want out of New York I wouldn't want to be there but the Giants should not be looking to trade him no matter what I get his cap hit and I get the Giants are in cap in a cap nightmare because of Dave Gettleman mm-hmm. and I get I believe Barkley would clear up seven and a half million, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. But he's worth but here's so the, much here's more. Here's the than thing: he's worth so much more. Dan Dugan of the Athletic reported this morning. You know they're talking to sources at the combine because everyone's there. Saquon Barkley is only 
uh, valued as a fourth round pick or for a fourth round pick right now. That's his trade value because of his injuries, how bad he's been. Yeah, Saquon Barkley, if you're the Giants, you take $7.5 million and you keep Saquon because you drafted him second overall. Yes, second overall. You drafted overall. him second overall. Right behind uh, Baker Mayfield. Yes, which, which are so you, I'd say that Barkley. he's better than Baker Mayfield. I'd say, yeah, I'd say he's Mayfield. still better than Baker Mayfield. Is he better than Sam Bradford? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I mean, not dude, Sam Bradford. Sam I Darnold. keep doing that. It's not Sam, Sam. Darnold. But okay, but I keep doing no, that. No, he's not better than <laughs> Sam Darnold. No, the Giants. I think the only because everyone was like, "Would you rather have the QB drafted instead of Saquon?" I, I, I mean, I'd rather not. Ta- I'd rather not Josh take Allen Daniel Jones be the year that. before. Rosen's not in the league. Darnold's wasting away in Carolina, and Baker Mayfield does it. I don't even know if Baker Mayfield is going to be a Cleveland Brown in the next two no, or three well, years. Still, so, other Baker Mayfield has pro- still has potential because he was pl- with the O line that the Giants have was Baker Mayfield doing absolutely anything. No, exactly. That's why no, I think but Baker Mayfield also had a torn labrum for the entirety of this. I year. think Saquon Pick was still. You know, it was the right. right. Pick it was one right of the best. It was one of the only good top ten picks. Nelson was in that draft, and who knows where the Giants would be with him. However. Yeah, one lineman's not going to fix Colts, all your problems. Yeah, if the Colts still suck with Quinn and Nelson. Then. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. a good point. But I think the Giants shouldn't be looking to trade Saquon, especially if this report is true that his value is only a fourth round pick. Not at all. You you used. I'm not going to say wasted because I don't believe it was wasted. It was not you wasted. You used not at all. a second overall pick on Saquon Barkley. You carry out his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. You might even give him the fifth year option. I give him it. I give him it. You give him that option. You let him play that, and then if he's Still not producing. Let him Here's walk. the thing: if you're if you're talking about three years where your QB has done absolutely nothing to show that he's at all Which a starting is not level quarterback, exactly and you just keep giving him, he either. keeps giving more years, keep giving more years, and then you're a GM, a new GM of a team, and you come into the team, and the first thing that you say, as the owner too, because this is a quote from the owner, but the GM and Shane and the coach and Dable co-signed on this one quote by John Mara said that we've done nothing to give this guy anything to work with to prove what he can do same goes for Barkley and he pro- it, yeah. he proved it like Saquon yeah, Barkley keep, proved it in his rookie year that he can be a productive you keep running back giving Daniel you give Jones nothing you keep but giving Daniel Jones nothing we haven't weapon. had a consistent o-line okay. since David Deal and uh Ahmad Bradshaw was our running back. We've gone through you, Jennings. We've gone through Wilson. We've gone through uh, Booker now. We've gone through so many just wasted years since 2012, 2013 that Jacobs. we've had absolutely oh no God, Jacobs, O-line yeah. help. Eric Flowers, man. Nate still Soldier. That name. What about Nate Soldier? Nate Soldier. You, you hear the intro every every time we play this <laughs> stupid intro. It's really great. Um, but... I, I, again, why are you trade? Uh, you have so much more problems than trying to do something with Saquon Barkley. But I think that that's reason why is the only trade, the only person with trade value on your team right now is basically Saquon. So if you're yeah, gonna but make, it's a fourth round apparent, pick. You apparently, don't do Saquon exactly. is valued at a fourth round pick, and James Bradbury is somehow a third round value. Did he say he was a third? Yes, Wait. this is the report from this know. morning. I don't even I know mean, where to be honest. Bradbury has been a shutdown corner for the yeah, past but two except, years. But the thing is here. I don't get rid of him this either. This is why the Giants who, are we're constantly. Not, if we're drafting Edge and or O-Lyman in five and seven you or have to, two the issue O-Lyman, is you're going to have to get corner You're going to have to let go with some talent because yeah, you need some money. Yeah. Because what the Giants are in right now is horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean. I could use other words for it, but I'm not trying to use that. I mean, we have the button. I'm not using that button. It is horrible. Dave Gettleman put him in a 
Very, nightmare. very bad yeah, spot. Nightmare. nightmare. But here's they're the thing. stuck in a cycle of mediocrity. Joe, here's my thing. I know that if I know that like if Thibodeau is available at five, you would want him. But if if Aguanu from NC State is available at five, you take, take him. him. You absolutely right, take, take him. At seven. No, he's not going to be available at seven. He's leaving at six. There's no way. There's no way he. There's no way he escapes the top five. But what if? What if it's that versus Thibodeau? The offense. You take. You need, take dude, I you need the offensive. Your Hold offensive on. line. Hold on. We were just. Talking. I would much rather have. I would much rather have Thibodeau and Cross, than have him, and who. No, I. No, I'm, but you were just talking about how you need help for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, and. Aguanu is easily the best O lineman prospect that we've seen in ages, one of the Neal. best in ages besides besides Sewell last year. I mean, he's on par what with him. Neal? Rashawn Slater was better. Rashawn Slater was. Uh, mm-hmm. Quick reminder that Daniel Jones is the starting quarterback of this football team, no matter who you have blocking up front for him. Right, but you but, need to but give him an actual shot by giving him. Yeah, the I feel like we say this every year. We're, no, we're on well, every, no, every year they were like, we're giving him Every year they said they're giving him shots because they gave him. Offensive weapons like well, no, Pro right, Bowl right, tight end right. Evan Ingram. Before, before if you we get... turn this entire show into NFL, let's give let's give last last sentence um, takes on whether or not they trade Saquon and what happens with the draft picks. Well, you're not trading Saquon. There's no way. I think if Ekonwo is available at five, that's the only guy you pass up. In, that's the only guy you would pass up the middle for. If Thibodeau's still there, which he possibly could be, you take him. Otherwise, you can take whoever you really want, honestly. Grant. But if you get a chance for two offensive linemen in the top ten, take it. Yes, Grant. It doesn't matter what the Giants do. They're stuck. They're stuck in a cycle. Dave Gettleman dished out $350 million to some guys, um, some names real quick. Kenny Galladay, Kyle Rudolph, Adore Jackson, Levine, Toy Lolo, <laughs> Kenny Galladay. Uh, Golden Tate. You get the idea here. The Giants are stuck. I don't see any direction with this organization. doesn't matter if they keep Saquon Barkley or not at this point. Justin, if he's available, you take a a Quanu, however you say his name, NC State tackle. Uh, Quanu, yeah, yeah, and you go, you could go basically anywhere. I know, I think Kyle Hamilton will be off the board, but I know that's been rumored. Um, Why would we take Hamilton? What? Why would we take Hamilton? Because Hamilton Wink's is one of the best style. He's. I mean, it's, I he's it's Wink's defensive style. I, I think because I don't, we there, don't have though. money to resign Peppers. I think he's gone. You don't have any money. If we get rid of Peppers, that's there. But if we keep all safeties, okay, well, we all have right. three very good The other good thing safeties. I have going is why don't you take Th- Thibodeau? Or, yeah. Thibodeau. Yeah, you don't take him because edge is one of those places we've seen over the last few years. You can get a good edge r- rusher in round two. You can, you can, you can get I mean, my, granted, thing, my thing granted, is Thibodeau our is a defense very is good crazy rusher, if you get Ojolari and Thibodeau on Except each side. also, I've. Not if I'm not mistaken, Thibodeau's been falling on boards. I don't know he if has. it's the only one that has him at one still is CBS. CBS is the only one that's falling, but there's something behind that. I mean, you've got I mean, there's other guys. And then man. to there's answer your other question, there's so Barkley many edge, but there's not a lot of all- traded. There, there's not a lot of traded. There's not a lot of offensive linemen in this draft. I mean, you've got two guys from Iowa. It's very top heavy. It's very top heavy. You got Linderbaum are like the best ones that are getting old. If Linderbaum is about seven, you get two offensive linemen and. That's what I really want. I would. I really want them to take two old linemen. If we're able to get Thibodeau, I wouldn't be mad. Who do you take? I think you take. If Neil's on the board, I'm taking Neil 100 percent at five. If he's not, you take. You take Aguanu at five. If we took Thibodeau and Cross or Linderbaum. I don't Why really is it want Linderbaum because I want, I want to tackle. Because I feel like if we take that, because we would be off. You said he was gone at six. If we take Thibodeau at five 
And uh, I said Ekwonu is gone at six if a team is out of their mind. He's the projected number one pick Josh, right just, now. Just let the Giants fans have their annual draft. What I'm excited. saying is, if if Ekwonu's off the board, then you have to take Yeah, if he's off the board, but I'm saying I'm assuming he's off the board. Yeah, if I he's off the board, absolutely you take yeah, Cross so and Lindenbaum. But if he's, he's, on the board, then I'm if he's not off, if he's not off the board, he can play anywhere that isn't center. Listen, if we go he Aquanu, that isn't center. if we go Aquanu and Thibodeau and both we? of them are at five, then I don't really care we? who they Who's take. We? I, I just find it comical. Yeah. Every, every year, this is the same thing. Giants fans, they get hype over their top 10 draft pick. But they have two we of have them. Two this year. They have two shakes. Even better. Extra disappointment. You know Joe what's going to be great is when you guys draft Chris Olave with the seventh overall pick. All right, listen. I, I think that we go if happen. Thibodeau and Equanu are, are both on the board at five, which I don't predict, then I realistically don't care. One of them has to be tackle. If both, if only one of them is there, then we take one of them. I think but one of them is, is going to be tackle. If I t- if I can get uh, Equanu and Linderbaum, I'm I'm set on my mind. I like I'm Cross set on more my than mind. Linderbaum, to be honest. All right, I'm sorry. Well, no, because draft- if we're doing that, then why would you take Cross? Nah, we've that's a good we've got tons of draft talk we can do over the next yeah that's what few I'm saying. months. Let's we let's got a on. lot of topics to get to. Uh, we're gonna send into a short break just for structure's sake. Don't go anywhere. Obviously, we'll be talking about the Giants, who they draft, where they're gonna draft. Mock drafts are gonna come out later. Uh, stick around. Men need to stay on the field or on the couch where they belong. Leave the broadcasting to the women. You want to listen to a real football show? Tune into the Gridiron Girls every Thursday, 420 to 4:50, right here on Com Radio. Tim, why are the Islanders bad now? Really? really going to go there right now? Are you serious? If you want to hear more of this Long Highlander complain about his team, then tune in every Tuesday from 7.30 to 8.30 with Jacob Cheris, Tim Rogers, Jordan Hessian, and Josh Bartosik right here on Com Radio. You're really going to put me on the spot like that, I am. You? I am. Of course. Do you like hearing stories? How about stories told by Penn Staters? Shoot over to Calm Radio and check out Nittany Stories every Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. That's right, 7 to 8 p.m. Don't miss it. Don't be a fool. It's 100% free to listen to this hour-long extravaganza. That's right, Nittany Stories is now an hour long. Meet host Colton Pazuski on the airwaves on Calm Radio. You're listening to Phone Booth on Com Radio. Ah, I almost needed to use the uh, dump button right there because I accidentally <laughs> put the mics on a little bit early. But here we go. Silly Grant. Uh, we're back on uh, we're back on phone booth. We're gonna talk about a new sport that we haven't talked about in so long. Well, it's a sport that's not gonna come back for so long. <laughs> exactly. That's why we haven't Beautiful talked about transition, it. Bro, Justin Chevalella has uh, said before the show that hey, coincidence. We start talking about new sports when he shows on coincidence. I don't know about that one, but 
Uh, we're gonna get into the MLB or lack thereof right now, as they're still in lockout. They had, we'll I think it was you. Friday. It was supposed to be last Thursday, and we were going to talk about it, but they moved it to ne- uh, to the Friday at 5 p.m. to nope. see if they started the season on time, and it wasn't. It was Monday at 5 p.m. was the deadline. Was it? No, sorry, Monday night. Okay, February 28th. Now I'm just wrong. 11:59, final second. But they extended they it till to 5 p.m. on Tuesday. Yes. And this is where I get to. Mm-hmm. I, can I take this? Can you I start? You can take whatever you want. You got it, Chevy. You Chevy. hardly talk anyway. I, okay. Chevy, I, can go, right. I can go, like, make us some food while you're <laughs> yeah, going. You, might, you guys might have to sit Frank a little Frank can be on his way home. All right. So, to Monday night, February 28th, Monday, there was a sudden optimism regarding this collective bargaining agreement. Out of nowhere, the players and owners, out of urgency, started trading negotiate offers all day. And all we got were reports nonstop. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. You go to I go to bed at 3 a.m., which at that point is technically Tuesday. What were you doing? Uh, I was literally excited that baseball was coming back and I could not sleep. I mean, I... I sure I enough. Mean, let, hey, the, let him, let him, let him show that I don't sleep. Let him so. talk. Uh, yeah, let him talk. well, that too. But... 3 a.m. I go to bed, and the last tweet I see is, you know, they're wrapping up some lower-level things with the CBA, right? And I'm like, let's go. I'm going to wake up in the morning. There's going to be some great news. I wake up in the morning. There's no news. No news sometimes could be good news. Not this time. Because as the day went on, we realized that no news is bad news. And as that 5 p.m. deadline rolled around, the, uh, the players refused the final offer from the owners, and then Rob Manfred came to the podium at Roger Dean Stadium in Jupiter, Florida, where these negotiations are going on. Goes to his press conference, seen laughing, smiling. There was a picture that surfaced later of him practicing his golf swing during these negotiations. And sure enough, the first two series of the season were canceled. So this is where my rant starts, in case that wasn't ranty enough. It wasn't. The players are not doing this out of the money aspect. I know it seems that way because the players are already getting paid a ton, right? They are fighting for the – the ones fighting right now are fighting for the lower ones in the league, the ones mm-hmm. making a few hundred thousand. Having which to sleep in bullpen. Well, the main thing is the minimum. It's That's the minimum. The yes. Thing. However, yes. this also goes – as the tweets showed later, right after this happened, this isn't about right now. This is more about the future of the game. The players are fighting for a lot more than themselves right now. They are fighting mm-hmm. for the generations to come after. They're fighting for those kids that are in the minors right now. They are fighting for the kids that are in college baseball right now. They are fighting for the kids in high school, middle school, little league. This isn't about them making more money. That's Yes, I know that's what it seems like. This is about the fairness of the game, the yep. integrity of the game. The owners are strictly negotiating out of money. They want the money. The more money they get, the better. They instituted a policy or in their one of their offers a 14-team playoff system. 14 teams is nearly half the league. So I think it was Marcus Stroman tweeted, why don't you give everyone a participation trophy at that point? Well, that's what the NBA is doing. Well, 
Okay, fair enough. But, but the NBA is at least playing games right now. Yeah, the NBA is playing games right now. Revenue Revenue is isn't as go much back to other leagues. The, the NFL uh, did their CBA a year early. Why are we doing this this year? Because Why? Because, because, because the owners are not negotiating in good faith. Yeah, the owners are not negotiating for the year. good of the game. They knew that when the deadline was, they started if, this year. Why? If the owners were negotiating out of the love of the sport, out of the for the integrity of the league, out of the good of the heart, this wouldn't have waited till now. We wouldn't be delayed right now. We wouldn't be having this conversation right now. If the owners were here for, you know, actual negotiations that meant more for baseball, the players wouldn't have had to take to social media calling Rob Manfred a clown. They wouldn't have had to go do all that. And then you look at it, if the owners were here for baseball, Derek Jeter would not have stepped down as the Marlins CEO mm-hmm. on Tuesday, Tuesday, Monday morning. It was Monday. Monday right morning, be it. over $20 million in salary cap because the Marlins don't want to give more money to players. They don't want to compete. The owners don't care about baseball. They want the revenue. That's why they're not changing that threshold, the uh, collective bargaining tax threshold, which is serving as a mm-hmm. salary cap right now. The yeah, owners so, don't yeah. care about baseball, or else Ma- Rob Manfred would have walked to that press conference the other day, or it wouldn't have happened, and he would have said, mm-hmm. we are playing games on March 31st, or he would have went there visibly upset. His words meant nothing the other day because he walked to the podium laughing and smiling. And then he goes and's like, we were negotiation, negotiating for the fans. We want the best for the fans. No, the owners don't. The players do. The players want what's best for the fans and what's best for the future. And that's why if we look here, the players came out the other day. I think it was Andrew Miller. And said, we are prepared to hold out the entire season. I know this might be unpopular, but I'd rather see that. Because if they do that. Make a statement. Make a statement and change the game. They're going to change how negotiations go from here on out. And they're going to set up baseball for a bright future. And that's their goal. If a CBA comes to be in the next few weeks, months, before, and we have a season this year, it means nothing. Because all it is doing is masking the underlying issues of the integrity of the game, and it is bad for the game. And I'd rather see an entire season wasted because baseball needs a good future, and that's what the players are fighting for. Just like Grant on my week two NFL podcast for Com Radio, I, I I love to be a part of someone's highlight tape. That one's going on it for Justin. Uh, if for those that don't know what's happening right now, um, the reason why it's taking so long for them to argue it is because the players want to raise the minimum of the cap so that the lower players are able to get paid more. But in turn, the league is coming back with a salary cap idea, and they do not want that, obviously, because it defeats the purpose. If you also look at the mean in um, ca- like how much a team spends – in the NFL and the uh, NBA, a lot of teams fit in that median with two or three outliers on each side. Uh, MLB has about four or five teams that fit right in the median, and everyone else, sort of like the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, are on the top. The high markets. Yeah, the Astros. And that's even incorrect and at this point. At the bottom, and it's never. The Padres had yeah, a. Padres were, the yeah. Padres had a bigger salary than the New York mm-hmm. Yankees. Yeah. The team that has run baseball for its entirety, the team with 27 World Series, had a lower, lower salary than the. San Diego Padres this year. They're mm-hmm. in a bigger market. Yes. 
They stayed behind that. I believe it was $210 million this year. They stayed below that. They could have made big moves at the deadline, and they did make moves. But what they did was trade more prospects at the deadline so that the other teams would keep more of the other the mm-hmm. salary so they didn't go over that deadline. The Yankees could have made a run for the World Series mm-hmm. this year but ultimately made moves to stay under that yeah. deadline – or sorry, that tax hold, the that threshold. Threshold, threshold mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. They made moves to stay under that threshold rather than making moves to win a championship. Yeah. The goal is to win a championship. The, ga- the goal isn't to make the playoffs and get bounced in the first round to mm-hmm. your arch rival, the Boston Red Sox. The it's, goal is to win your division, win the pennant, win the World Series, and go celebrate down in New York. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a lot different in other sports, specifically hockey, where there's such a hard mm-hmm. salary cap, and so you kind of have to do well, a thing I where mean, it's like the other if you thing, make the if playoffs. you talk about hard salary cap, the other thing that they're arguing is that the players want to jump the uh, basically the equivalent to the uh, NBA's luxury tax. They want to up it by sixty million. And the owners do not They're want not that because that. it's taking money out of their pocket. Because they the owners pay, are cheap, man. They would rather projected. pay the tax after being over to like two twelve million instead of being over two seventy. They would rather pay that tax in order to like pay at minimum less money. Because if you bring it up to two seventy, yeah, you're going to go over that and you're going to pay more. So the owners don't yeah. want to pay with, more. So then that's why it's still a. With, but you have your money. That's with the your issue. point about the salary cap, with a cap comes a floor, though. Baseball's got neither. They don't have a cap or a floor. Oh, no. They've got a threshold. If they put in a salary cap and a floor, the entire league gets completely They've got a threshold serving as a cap, so there's no floor, which is why I believe the Cleveland now Guardians had the lowest salary, or was it Pittsburgh? Baltimore and Detroit are down there, too. Whatever it was, was, it's just ridiculous because there's no actual – the way baseball is set up is – why the, do you think that it's the, for the good of the and owners. the Red Sox and the Dodgers and everyone over there up up on the top run the league for the last few years? Because or, they spend well, the most the money. Well, not the Yankees, spe- but— Because they're the teams that are spending the most money. And even and, the teams that the spend the most can, have gotten have cheap the over the last few years. they just refuse to. They're getting cheap, and it's leaving these— these high-value veterans on the market for a much longer time, mm-hmm. and that's why baseball is becoming now. its revolving around a young player's game, which is why it's so important that we're protecting these young players and focusing on the integrity of the game. But when you look at league commissioner ideals, in order, provide for your players, then the public, then to the business of the league. Because if you're providing for the players, they're your entertainment. They're the people that you are focusing on, and then if the players are happy... The public's probably happy, too. I mean, we've got some of the most exciting figures in baseball that we've seen in the past few decades. Shohei Otani just... Mm-hmm. But Ohtani, the, Tatis. the fact that these these owners are focusing so much on the business of the league and taking away from the players, you're losing baseball. As a commissioner, Manfred needs to act as an intermediary between the league and the public. The issue, as a commissioner, the issue, Manfred needs to be canned. The, the issue is that the, the owners, owners hire yeah. the commissioner. Look, so the commissioner's the, yeah, yeah. He's not going anywhere. The commissioner, though. yeah, I know it's every league, but the commissioner's obviously going to— and He's he, reflecting the league. They yeah. do them on—in all sports, the commissioners are always leaning mm-hmm. for the owners. Yeah. But in baseball, it's the greatest showing of that. It yep. is so obvious that Rob Manfred is for the owners, the owners, and the owners. There's mm-hmm. a divide. It's a clear divide. Here's the thing. It's, but you could just check to look at the difference between passion of different leagues. You you see a, 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 a franchise who's predicated as one of the storybook football franchises, and you have the when they're not doing well, the owner's kicking garbage cans outside of his suite. You have another one who's, when they're not really doing well, who is a businessman, literally go out and say, hey, there's like 
I don't want to do this interview. We have to get better as a team. I need to figure this out because Mark Cuban has refused interviews sometimes to try to figure out the Mavs' woes, uh, mostly after they got rid of Dirk um, or Dirk retired and they had to figure out what they were going to do next. And then now you go into the MLB. Who's doing that? Who has enough passion? In because MLB the owners to do don't that? care about the don't, game. Yeah, they don't care. About, they don't care if their team wins or lose. They, they care how much money they save. Exactly. It, it's turning. Which a, is the which is pathetic. See, Absolutely players, pathetic. You can let the players take on the personalities. You can see the whole thing that they did on Twitter with the profile pictures and whatnot. But it almost feels like the owners and Manfred are getting into a pissing contest here, like laughing at the meeting. When you're going and canceling the first two series of the game, it, it shows they don't care. Big lack of professionalism. There's a lack of urgency, a lack of professionalism, and a lack of a desire to kick things off here, get the season going because they don't care. Like, they know that they're getting money regardless. Like, it's all about the players at this point, and the players sticking up for themselves. I think is the biggest thing to take away from this thing or this whole lockout. Because the last time that the MLB went to a big lockout, the players got walked all over. It was all the front office, the commissioner, and the owners that got their way, mm-hmm. and they're learning from that. And this time, they're not budging. So, so props yeah. to them. So my issue is it's one thing when there's, like, granted, when it's the majority of the owners in the league that don't seem to care about the game that you, they're running is one thing. But when your own commissioner clearly has no desire for the game that he's running, which has been— None of them do. I don't think any owner in the MLB can sit here and tell me that they care about the passion of the league. They clearly don't. I mean, there might be some. I believe the Texas Rangers owner maybe came out with a statement, but it could all be for show because the other day Rob Manfred's press conference was entirely for show because he lied lied straight up and said the MLB is having a revenue problem. The MLB made $49 billion over the last five years he like claims that in the last five who's and that's the richest a, league is it that's baseball? with a covid ML- lockout ML- or ML- a covid yeah. season with 60 games that so that's my well, I mean, that's good too because this is my whole issue players, because so like, if if your commissioner like again it's one money. thing it's one thing if the owners don't care which i mean granted in the nba no. the owners clearly care in the nhl and in the nfl the majority of them do care mm-hmm. the nhl is like in a in a murky the area NHL for is always in that kind of like middle area where it comes to controversy and everything because you don't really hear a lot but you also, they also don't, don't market hear, very yeah. well yeah. so but it's they are but I mean it's very, they stay to themselves baseball is always up there like hey it, it doesn't really get the media coverage but it, it's very clear they don't care Th- this is my whole issue when your commissioner clearly gives not a single crap about the sport that he I'm basically glad you chose owns. that word yeah. and not another because I, I was going to choose I was going to choose several other words. This is my issue. Like I'm not even the biggest baseball fan, but I I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but I love baseball. This is my whole issue, man. Like I don't understand how your commissioner, the guy that runs your league, has no passion or faith yeah, the for the thing. game of baseball. Here's the other if thing. If you're laughing at the press conference when you have to announce to every baseball fan that there will be no baseball by the end of this month, how can you live with yourself if you're a commissioner? Here's the other thing. NFL has always had a—they they kind of have a commissioner that's kind of wishy-washy, that's, that's not entirely— He's a performative commissioner. He, yeah, he's not—Goodell's enti- yeah. not entirely with— the the players, but he's not. He's kind of in the middle. But he's like someone said the before, the players and owners negotiated NBA's a year early in the NFL. Passionate. See, NHL's commissioner seems to be passionate. And NBA. Gary Bettman is probably the second worst. Passionate. Gary Bettman is the second worst, but there is such a huge yeah. divide between Rob Manfred. MLB, 
Like Ron Manfred is at like the it's is like disgusting. below the, is below the ground. Might as well like just the bar give, is here is below make, the ground. Let's make another NBA and uh, MLB franchise to just give him one because he's he's basically just an owner. Yeah, he's like their agent. Who? We give a lot of good. Uh, we give the a lot MLB. of flack to Goodell. Oh Manfred. Yeah. But Manfred. the thing is, Goodell. The only thing that I have against him is I feel like it, sometimes he tries to change too much. But the thing is, he's always acting. Yes. He's always doing something. And he cl- so, he cares. Silver? He cares about the game. No, Goodell. Oh, good Goodell, yes. We, we he cut cares about the game. Fl- yeah. Silver changes it at some points, but he's... He, Silver is, ar- Silver, is, Silver is Silver easily is the, the best, best commissioner. commissioner. He's the he's best commissioner, commissioner by far. He's a player's guy. It's not even a player's guy, though. And he's, like, he's legit just smart. And Gary oh. Bettman is not a player's guy, but he also gets to the point where Gary Bettman... There have been two lockouts under Gary Bettman. Only one of them went an entire season. Mm-hmm. Gary Bettman, in recent years, has shown... That when it comes down to it, yes, he's more on the owner's side. But if it comes to the point where games might not be played, we, he will he will force the owners we, to sacrifice. We talked about this on the Slidey Puck episode last week. We did. Bettman and the NHL were the first team back. Or and first they, league back. First league back. And they did it beautifully in the bubble. Gary Bettman, he might not show it sometimes. Like I have extreme disdain for Gary Bettman as a hockey fan because he's honestly not the greatest. But he's clearly not the worst. At least we're no. at least the sport is happening. I don't with how far each side is in baseball right now, like with their offers, I don't know if we're gonna get I, baseball at all this year. I genuinely don't. If I you're might, the pl- if you're the players, you don't budget at all. I, I want to read a tweet. It comes from Mike Trout, arguably the fa- the best player in baseball. The face of baseball. I'd say the face. Still. I'd say he's the face of the baseball. Face of he's, he's the face of baseball yeah. right now, but it's starting to go like the LeBron where where he might not be. Yeah. This is his full tweet. He posted a picture which had his message. I want to play. I love our game, but I know we need to get this CBA right. Instead of bargaining in good faith, MLB locked us out. Instead of negotiating a fair deal, Rob canceled games. Players stand together for our game, for our fans, and for every player who comes after us. We owe it to the next generation. That right there came from the face of your sport. Called you out. Called the owners and the commissioner out on Twitter to his following. So and it was retweeted by everyone. It was all over social media. He calls you out and tells you that they want to play, and they're not doing this because they don't want to play. They're doing this because they know this is right. I get that professional sports are a business. When you look at it, professional sports are a business. But these are uh, these are professional athletes playing children's games at the highest level. That's why I don't like the saying children's games. But this is what we all grew up with. We all grew up with these sports. When you take a child's, a children's sport and put it into a professional level and you're playing at the highest level, you're supposed to set an example for everyone that comes after. Like Mike Trout just said in that tweet. Like what the players are coming for. When the owners don't want that, what does that tell to the younger generation? What, tells to, what does that tell to the future of the sport? It tells them... Why would I want to go play for those? I like I get it. I love baseball. Every, a bunch of people love baseball, but at the end of it, nobody's going to want to play if they realize that the owners are here for business and the fans aren't going to want to come to games. The the players, or sorry, the fans come for the product on the field. Somebody said it earlier. The product on the field is the players. They're not coming to go see the owner who rarely shows up to games and if he is, isn't that really cool box up top and they're not coming to see the front offices of teams they're not coming to see Rob Manfred give out awards at the uh, all-star game they boom they and they certainly are not coming for the overpriced concessions 
That's just an add-on. Mm-hmm. The fans come to see what's on the field, whether that's you know good baseball or bad baseball. But they want good baseball. Baseball is baseball at the end of it, and the owners are ruining baseball right now. And this is where the Amen. media needs to come in and do a better job of holding these guys accountable. There's way too many people that are sports fans in general that have no clue as to what the internal issues are right now in the MLB. And I feel like it all goes back to the lack of media coverage for baseball. Mm-hmm. It, we've seen. Yeah, we it, talked about this on a show one time. We did, and it, it here it is again. This is why. Wait, this isn't the first th- time we talked about MLB. Yeah, with me it is. Second time, I guess. Or true. But once again, the owners are getting away with their ways. Well, and it, I, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to. I have a tweet that backs up your point from Marcus Stroman <laughs> the other day. Summarized yeah, exactly what you said. Yeah. MLB is trash at growing the game and marketing their players. It's pretty obvious. GMs and front office individuals always tried to get me to deactivate my socials. Too many dinosaurs controlling the game of baseball. Manfred has to go. We need a new commissioner ASAP. There it is. The players are telling you how much this game isn't growing because of the owners. Get Manfred out of the seat that represents baseball because at the end of it, yeah, we call Mike Trout the face of baseball, but when you go, it the one making the decisions is Manfred and – you I haven't know, watched a full baseball game since 2013. You want, you want to know who would make a great commissioner? The guy who just stepped down to protect the integrity mm-hmm. of the game. Yep. Derek Jeter. Because he's seen it from both sides. He's seen the front office now, and he's seen the player. player being a commissioner? It'll never happen because the owners know he'll side more with the yeah. players. First. Yeah. He's a Hall of Famer, too. Of course yeah. he's going to go for the players. Yeah. It's a power struggle, and you got to look at But it shouldn't be a power why struggle. Don't it's the, about it's the why, love of the game. Why don't it the, should be, but you got to look at where the money's at. The money is always in the hands of the only owners. only certain individuals have it have that love of the game in the MLB, and that's the players mm-hmm. and the fans. And I'd like to say baseball is not in a bad spot. It's Major not. League Baseball is in a mm-hmm. bad spot. Correct. Go watch the co- go watch college baseball this year. Little it's league. exciting already. Little League too. Go watch the Little League World Series. Go watch the Independent League. I get you it. Those guys are making never been in a better place in the past few decades. They are yes. They are set up for a, a bright future. Because of the players, baseball is even the one if, sport where college is more exciting. Even if the present, except for March Madness, even if the present is bleak, the future of baseball yeah. it has never been in better hands. Amen. On that, we're going to send it to a a short break. Everyone, round of applause to say goodbye to Grant, who will be leaving us for the short last segment. Got to ride to have a great break. He's have gonna a great have. Break, he's gonna. I want a show over the break. I don't know how feasible. Yeah, it's homie, going to be. I'm not gonna I be, be there able to for do that. that. It probably would only be on Spotify because I don't think I that. Would be able Does that to mean we could be explicit, though? If we want to. There is <laughs> a uh, cost to See, if explicit. there's that, right, then I, think I we might, should, we should I might hit step that. to break because we do uh, have yeah. another segment. So so we're going to say, yeah, we're going to say goodbye to Grant. Grant, you'll be back on the show. Got to ride the catch, but I'll back. be back. Yeah, he's got, I, he's got I, his I, ride back. Don't go anywhere. We will still be talking about Big Ten hockey. Don't go anywhere. The tribe has spoken, and it's time for Surviving Survivor. Survivor is the ultimate social game for the grand prize of $1 million. It is beloved by many, and many more get hooked to the reality competition show. Interested in knowing more and analyzing the complicated game filled with twists and surprises? Listen to Calm Radio every Tuesday from 4.15 to 4.45 p.m. to listen to Surviving Survivor. What if Peyton Manning was drafted by the Jets? What if Le'Veon Bell wasn't signed by the Jets? What if the Jets had a decent roster to build around franchise quarterback Zach Wilson? 
While those scenarios may not be explored, you can still tune into What If Sports on Com Radio with Logan Barandis, Eric Fenstermaker, and Mac Young on Wednesdays from 810 to 840 p.m. to hear other different questions get answered live on Com Radio. Tuning in to Com Radio Sports Debate Show Phone Booth every Thursday from 2:45 to 3:45. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Phone Booth without Grant Sheets. He had to uh, you can shut his go mic home off. on the He's break. True. Uh, <laughs> I forget which times like. Which mics go to which? Anyway, I'm wasting time. Uh, Big Ten Ice Hockey Tournament is set to take place, uh, or it's starting to take place, on the 4th through 6th, the first round. Um, Obviously, Minnesota is waiting for its lowest-seeded team to come out of these series to play in the second round. Um, I'm going to throw it over to either Josh or Justin, wherever you want to go. The the slighty plug expert. Oh, yeah, the, the expert since 1980 and the Miracle on Ice uh, said, personal viewer. He said send it to me. No, send it to Josh. Oh, you want to send it to you? I'm, still, dude, I'm, I'm the still, hockey insider. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm He's still, the baseball dude. You're I'm still the football. A little, I'm still a little I mean, worked up. I had to take my sweatshirt off. He's getting a little heated I sweated that much in that last segment. Yeah. All right, so, Josh, what's what's going on? What's happening? So the Big Ten hockey tournament is coming up, boys. Playoff time tomorrow, about 27 hours from now. Tell me why Penn State's beating Ohio State. So you want me to tell you why Penn State's going to lose? So here's the thing about Penn State. So Penn State plays Ohio State. Ohio State shocked everyone this year. I had them finishing sixth in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. uh, only ahead of Michigan State because Michigan State will never have a good uh, hockey team. Sucks to say. But well, I they're mean, too invested in others. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they've got basketball, so football now. True, but we won the Big Ten tournament in 2018. Your freshman year, actually, Joe. Mm-hmm. Point being, well, that's 2019. My freshman year. or 2019. Yep. Sorry. So that was actually just a couple years. I'm ago. I'm not that old. I'm older than all you, but I'm that old. Wrong. I lived through the miracle on ice. Point, I keep forgetting that. Point being, Penn State had flashes of brilliance this year. They upset number six North Dakota on the road in Nashville. They split a series on the road against Minnesota, who happens to be the top seed in this Big Ten tournament. And when they played at home, I'm going to call it a win, even though the Big Ten doesn't like calling it a win. I'm going to call it a win in a shootout against Ohio State, who they happen to be playing. So there's the possibility. But this is also a team that just gave Michigan State their first win since December 22nd, which which just so happened to be against Penn State. Michigan State had 13 straight losses, and Penn State was like, we'll end the season on a good note for them. Why not? So, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Ryan Kerwin's fan, his really solid freshman score for Penn State. Danny Geneva was playing really well. Kevin Wall does Kevin Wall things. Liam Soulier. Liam Soulier is the starter. And here's my issue with the goaltending situation. I like Soulier better, personally. I think Oscar has more experience, but Soulier had slightly better numbers. You can't do this thing that you did for the majority of the second half of the regular season where you did a two-goalie 
thing. Because no, when you get to the you were saying that doesn't work. It's one goalie. You were saying that doesn't work in the NHL either. So the only time it's worked in the NHL was when the Cavs made their Stanley Cup run. Tim Rogers mm-hmm. just reminded me of this last night on the Sunday. Yeah, the guy that refuses to be on the show. Sem- Semyon Varlamov and Philip Grubauer they did a split. Semyon Varlamov was the goalie for the be- for the first series. In that run, and then the second series started to play yeah, but, poorly. But Penn State's been Grubauer. going the every other game, or Grubauer and, and Holtby. Sorry, that's no. never going to work. And I get they gave Oscar, Oscar Audio the start uh, second game against Minnesota because uh, it was senior night, and he was a senior. But uh, you should have rode the hot hand in Liam Soulier, who had a nice night the night before uh, against Minnesota in their first game. But really, you got to ride Liam Soulier right now, and in that. I get it, you know. I don't think our goal, sorry, the goaltending situation at Penn State is. They are. We're in Penn State. No, I. I no, don't, you don't say are. I don't think the goaltending situation are, at Josh. we are at Penn State is necessarily the best, but I believe you can't be going back and forth. First of all, you know, every goalie, really every player, has his, you know, has a weakness, and multiple weaknesses. Really, no matter what team they're on, no matter how good they are, everyone's got a weakness. And, you know, the defenders are going to have to adjust to the weaknesses of the goalies, whether that's, you know, glove hand, short side, whatever. You know, right out in front, I think that's a weakness for every goalie. But mm-hmm. uh, if you switch back and forth in the playoffs, you're making your defenders, you know, change what they're doing because they got to protect a different weakness day in and day out. You just ride one. And in this case for Penn State, it's Liam Soulier. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean – Penn State. Uh, I, I mean, Cheris, the uh, the host of the Sinbin, as you guys like to point out, um, as product placement. Because every live show on Com Radio is turned Speaking into. Speaking of which, my placement. rant last segment is also going to be an article posted soon. Yep. Uh, try to find him. Spell with a C. Anyway, um, we're we're getting to a point where he called Penn State sort of a rebuilding year, and that's a little bit of an understatement, to be real honest with you. And I still don't know really why we're. Ahead of Michigan State, we should be straight at the bottom. You mean Penn but, State, not we, sir? Because um, we're—I mean, the, the only really difference is we have three more wins on the season, and we have a tie in conference, so that's fun. Um, to, to, I just bring it to, you know, Penn State doesn't really. If realistically, the only really sports that's gotten a lot of noise out of Penn State for the last couple of years is football, obviously, and wrestling. Baseball, hockey, hockey had noise before. It did. It because did. they won the Big in Ten in 2019. It did. And or 2020, honestly, I mean, they probably would have won the Big Ten tournament if COVID didn't. Yeah, canceling that. They would have got it. basketball too. Imagine if hey, Penn State I'm gonna, went far in the March yeah. Madness tournament. All I'm gonna say is Shrewsbury basketball is bringing in a top 25 recruiting class, True. which one of the first times, if not the first. This is time, the best program. This is the best, best in program history. history. We so, have we have about two minutes left. We're turning into a basketball I, yeah. school. I didn't want to. I didn't want to cut you off, but we do have only two yeah. minutes. Left to predict a winner of this Big Ten tournament. We might have a show only on Spotify before it ends. I really want to get March Madness stuff in on that because obviously we just talked about three sports. I, we couldn't. We could do one every day of spring break. Post I mean, it on Spotify. Maybe? Oh, bro, I, got, I, have, I have work to do, man. I've got yeah, exams. So I. I gotta learn how volleyball works. Facts. <laughs> so like, we're just gonna go for the next two minutes. We're gonna go and say who do you think is gonna win. Uh, I'm. I know that Mac Young's not gonna like this, but I'm gonna stick with Michigan. That uh, NHL All Star talent and Matty Beneers, Kent Johnson, Owen Power. Uh, who am I also am I missing? Brendan Brisson. 
I mean, Eric Portillo, their goaltender, he played really solid. And I get that Minnesota ended up winning the Big Ten. And Michigan got swept by Notre Dame to end the season. But Michigan knows they're just getting ready for the Big Ten tournament, man. I think if you're a Michigan fan or Michigan player, you know that anything less than a Big Ten tournament win is a wash. So I think Michigan runs away with it. I think they I think they went in three against Minnesota. I just on a podcast predicted that uh, Notre Dame would win the ACC championship in basketball. I think Notre Dame ice hockey takes home the Big Ten championship. What? Mm. Seven straight wins, eight mm. and two in their last ten. Sweep of Michigan that you just talked about. They can get past Minnesota if they really put their minds to it, which obviously they would one. in the playoffs. So I really want. I really want to be that outlier that says that Minnesota is going to be just because I want to be different than all of you. I think I got to co-sign with with Josh and say Michigan. Because I feel, in my mind, I want to say Minnesota. I just think that coming into a tournament with winning nine of your last ten, coming into, obviously, the bye that they get, the high, there's a difference between having momentum going into the Big Ten tournament or any tournament, really, and then kind of walking into a bye thinking, oh, okay, we're going to whitewash everyone we go to because we're playing bad seats. All right. So if Penn State wins, they're playing Penn State. So cool. That's fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna bag on Penn State. If they don't, you're probably getting someone around, you know, probably Ohio, because I would imagine that Michigan State gets bounced by Michigan. If I'm there's them no to win. way that Michigan State <laughs> Nebraska, even scores a goal. Yeah, Nebraska's probably gonna go down. Um, there I mean, is not Nebraska, no Nebraska. Wisconsin. I I don't know why Wisconsin's gonna lose Jesus. to Notre Dame. The yeah. colors are the same. So so I'm saying that they're gonna walk into the last round against Michigan. I mean, uh, against oh yes, against Michigan and be oh. We're just gonna we're just gonna do it because we're we're Minnesota. We've been so Minnesota's a veteran team. I don't think they go in like that. Regardless of what's gonna be, it's going to be a heck of a series. Yeah. But I still think Mich- Michigan's got to come out on top. I don't like Justin Close as a goaltender for Minnesota. He's got mm. terrible rebound control. Yeah, we're gonna have to see though. Unfortunately, we are getting into the point where the Gridiron Girls are gonna kick us out of the studio because we don't play by the rules ever, except for that one week we we actually played by the rules because that's we had we were forced to. Yeah, that's because yeah, we, we had forced. we had things to do, obligations that we usually don't. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to Com Radio's Phone Booth, the only or I think the only multi-sports show that actually has a multi-sports. Uh, every week, I believe there's some that only pick one sport of the week. You're being very, like you're being very generous, and you say more than one sport because we spent 45 minutes on Kirk Cousins last Excuse week. Excuse me, we st- we spent 45 minutes on on one sport, and we still had some for the rest. Anyway, okay. Um, I really want to try to get a show on Spotify. If you if you have uh, listened to podcasts on any streaming site, we are a part of. Their uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, I believe Apple Podcasts as well. You can check us out there. We may or may not be doing something for March Madness over the break. I really want to. Uh, anyway, thanks for sticking around for this. Um, check out socials. Check out everything. We'll be back at least for the next Thursday after in two weeks. We'll be back at our normal time in the studio. Thank you so much for watching. And uh, stay tuned for the Grand Iron Girls. We're going to talk about NFL Draft.